Hi, this is Mark of D4 on the Floor. The following is a one-shot that we recorded as a little exploration in the world of Farnham. It's the same place we play in our regular campaign, but a different part of the world. Hope you enjoy. Chesh and Chinmoku, you're sitting at the Talkative Man. It's a tavern in the middle of Shendane, which is the capital city of Shemreni, the nation to the south of the Sand Waste. The city is just on the edge of the Lanquan jungle. It's along the Arkalum River, which actually runs its way all the way north to Solomi and the Sword Sea. Uh, but you're very far south from that point. Chesh is actually from the Burrows, which is the kind of the Shire up in the realm of men where we know the rest of our characters. Chinmoku is from what's called the Warren, which is a sort of tunnel city out in the sand wastes that reportedly runs throughout the entirety of the country. And you have been getting a little bit of a drink this morning. It's, well, it's more hitting noon and you're finishing up with some lunch they served today, something called chiogen, which is a sticky ball of root vegetables. It's kind of served over like a ground nut stew. They offer with it some sharp sauce, which is pretty spicy hot sauce. It's made from a, a nightshade plant. So whichever one of you is brave enough to try that one. I'll try, I'll try all of it. Definitely got a kick to it, but it's good though. The, the food itself is very earthy, and so the spice is really nice. It's almost like a, a cross between a tomato and a hot pepper. Chen, have you tried this a lot yet? Of... Is it common in the war in the Warrens for that food? It's probably not Warren uh, cuisine, but you'd be familiar enough. When I was a child, I ate what I could. I've had it. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. Chesh whips out his little journal and starts writing about the food. It's so excitable. Chinmoku is, you know, he's got like dark curly hair and he does have like a beard and a mustache and all that. And all that's rather unkempt. His clothes are kind of dirty and ragged. The only thing that really seems to be well maintained is his spear and then his mask. Uh, he just has like a white mask that he wears all the time that's just basically a white board with two eye holes. He has it just listed up partially so he can eat through it or eat under it, but like he's doesn't take it off a lot. Has Chesh okay. ever seen his face? In Probably. The travel? Oh, okay. It's not like it's sacred. It's just he just likes the anonymity that it gives him. Gotcha. All right. You're kind of finishing up. They, they served you a little carafe of rice wine with it. And they also have tej, which is kind of like a mead. And then Chesh has just got the hobbit hair, kind of goes past his ears a little bit, curly, reddish brown. He's got a little bit of a gut on him, young looking, always smiling, happy as can be, no facial hair, big furry feet showing. There's definitely some noise and music playing outside. The barkeep, his name is Jaya Varman. It's kind of this wise-looking old man. He says, oh, it sounds like the parade's begun. Excellent. 
You came Terrible. at a good time. Summer solstice. Excellent. Let's go take a look here in a little bit, Chin Moku. I just need to uh, finish the meal and my wine. Sure. When are we going to go fight things that actually try to kill people again? Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I have. I think. I think I know where this one treasure is buried that we're going to go check out. So I've been. I've been going through my maps. There are things that would harm humanity or harm the living there. Oh, absolutely. Very well. All right. Uh, Chesh swigs the rest of his wine and says, shall we go to the parade? I suppose. Chimoku eats lightly and you know, like purity of body type thing, eats, eats what's necessary and then does not partake of any alcoholic beverages unnecessarily. Okay. All right. Which is rough because that stuff's spicy and they don't offer you anything but the Tej and the yellow rice wine. Chesh swigs uh, the bottle they gave you. I pull my mask down so you can't see the sweat on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Music and drums going on outside. Step out into the sun. It's approaching noon, so the sun's pretty high in the sky, and it is very warm. And the, the difference from when you step from the tavern into the streets is, you know, night and day. And along one of the main thoroughfares, there is a parade going through. There's lots of people in very colorful garb, sort of dancing. Everything's got big flowing cloth hanging from it, sashes and, and things. And as they dance, they kind of use those sashes to, to, you know, create a lot of shapes and things like that. In the parade, there are some elephants that are all sort of decked up and painted with, you know, different images along the sides. There are a lot of horned dromedaries, which are basically camels with kind of ram's horns, which are very common in Shamrani. And there's just lots of people that have come out to witness. As you kind of step out too, you see that there are crowds built around in different places in the square that the tavern opens up to. And you can see that there's some cockfighting going on. The roosters are about the size of hounds and they're very like full of plumage. And you also actually see a knife fight going on, but the knife fight is again, part of the celebration in which you've got these two guys that are tied together with four feet of silk and each have a knife in their hand. And it's, it's again, it's all part of the deal. Chevrani's entertainment is often bloody. They have some very interesting festivities around here, don't they, Chin Moku? Can I just call you Chin? Do you mind if I just call you Chin? I don't think I could stop you. It just needs a word for it. Yes, yes. Very different than up north. Seems more of the same to me. Well, I mean, aside from the gladiator fights up north. There's gladiator fights up north. Uh, yes. Yeah, arena fighting. I like you said they fought beasts. Oh, there's beasts fighting too. Hey, as you're standing there, one of the palace guard comes up. He's got very colorful split mail on and kind of a helmet that, that covers the sides of his face. He's very clearly part of the Zenray warriors. Behind him is someone in kind of peasant's clothing that looks very much like one of the monks from the palace. And they are together, so that makes sense. The Zenray warrior is Isla. Isla, you have been given a scroll that has a seal from the palace to give to adventurers, and you are supposed to bring a couple people back with you under the watchful eye of Trujan of the way of the open hand. So basically, these other two characters have been kind of sent on an errand to find a couple people to help them on a quest. They don't actually know the details of the quest yet, but they aren't willing to send out a ton of people today for this for whatever this is and so they're looking for somebody to maybe help 
So, Trujan, are we no. we're, we're just supposed to find adventurers or shady folk? Or not yeah. shady, but people that look like they can handle themselves and we just give them this? But that's what um, I got from my people. Okay. Let's, I guess, start scanning the crowd and get out of this heat faster. Oh, and the talkative man's usually where a lot of adventurers pass through, so... Yes, yes. And there's in fact even like a a board that they post things to and so it's a it's a common meeting place for things like that. Okay, let's let's head that way then. Yeah, I think uh I think that's probably our best bet there. It's not all that uncommon to see some people in, in masks today because it's kind of a party day being the summer solstice. By the way, Shash, on your calendar, it might be a little different here, but on your calendar it's Seminum twenty one. Just in case you're interested. Is that not around Night's Day? Can't remember. No. Um, it's, be- it's before. Okay. Before Night's Day? Yep. Isla and Trudgeon, you do see a couple of warlings. One of them looks like he's not from around here. He's kind of fair. Curly hair, a little bit on the portly side. And the other one looks like he's probably from the deserts. Probably hasn't spent a lot of time here. And he's got this white mask with just two eye holes in it. But they definitely look like they are maybe traveling through. They don't look like locals. All right. And so let me let me understand this correctly. These scrolls were basically supposed to escort somebody back with these scrolls. Yeah, they, it's just one scroll. It's basically just like an invitation to the whoever you find, and then okay. you're going to lead them back to the palace, and then they'll talk to you about what they want from you. Okay. Uh, it's great. Then two, I, two birds with one stone. I will actually walk up to these warlings. What race is everybody right now? Two humans and two warlings. Two humans. Okay, got it. Okay, so I will walk up to the warlings and... Greeting! You look like an adventure type. You're definitely far from home. Well, greetings. How are you today? Oh, you know, it's it's another warm one. It is quite warm. It is quite warm. I just had that spicy wine in that tavern, came out, and now I'm twice as hot. <laughs> Fool. It was good, though. <laughs> it was good, though. So what, what brings you to our region? Traveling through, looking for fun. Well, then, I have a deal for you. You do? Yes, and I'll pull the scroll... I'm like, this is an opportunity for adventure. Ooh, I want to roll an insight check. Me too. I rolled a 23. Nice. And so this guy can actually see stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I only got an 18. He seems legitimate. He's wearing the right armor. He seems like he belongs here. He's got this scroll. The scroll has a wax seal. And on okay. the wax seal, there is a picture of the palace, which looks like a stepped pyramid. It's huge in this town. Like you absolutely know what that looks like because you can't okay. not see it from where you are. It looks like it's wreathed in something. It's hard to tell in the wax, but the bottom part of the wreath looks like it's vines or leaves or something or you know thorns or something like that. And the top looks maybe more like it's supposed to represent the sun. Okay. You don't know if that's exactly the the seal of the palace, but it seems kind of legit. And Thomas's character looks like he's a guard for the palace. Yeah. What does this task uh, entail? That is, is actually for us to find out when we get back to the palace. That's Ooh, part of the mystery and the excitement of it. Ooh. See, here's the adventure and stuff you're looking for, Chin. I'm looking to fight evil, not adventure. This will have evil, I promise you. Right? There's going to be evil, right? 
<laughs> There's going to be evil. Potentially. I bet I bet the probability is very high, Jim. I bet it's very high. Very high evil. We're going to do it. Fine. I'll follow your lead for this time. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Right Eddie, you're welcome. And I'm you're gonna... you're welcome to actually open up the scroll and read it here. Oh yeah. Oh, we are. Right. To, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's meant to hand, you know, deliver to somebody. Okay. Well, then, if we're in agreement, feel free to examine. Chesh uh, busts it right. open and starts reading. It says, if you're interested in making some iron pieces for a day's work to help us with a little bit of scouting, possibly into the, the jungle to the south, please feel free to accompany my men, Isla and Trujan. And what's what's Thomas's guy's name? Isla. Isla. All right. What's the last name, Thomas? I don't have it in front of me. West. Isla West. It is signed by Lord Yazir Moontalk. We know who that is. It's your employer, bud. Yeah, you do. He's 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 actually head of the Zenray Guard. Oh, okay. He's so, the guy who sent you off with the scroll. Right, right. What would I know about the jungle to the south? Can I make a roll? Yeah, make a history roll. Do you want me to make that too? I rolled a yeah. fifteen. Sure. I need to roll a different day. Ah, uh, that's a six. <laughs> Shinmoka, <laughs> you know that there's bad stuff in the jungle. Like that's kind of what you what you've been raised bad, to believe. Bad stuff or evil stuff? Probably a little bit of both. Okay. In your travels, Chesh, you have heard stories about a city to the south. It's far to the south, so you don't think it's somewhere that you would go today if it's just a one-day piece of work that they're going to ask of you. But you think it's called Khan Han, and you think that it's actually run by a dragon. It's a slave city. Slavery's actually been abolished in most places in Shamrini relatively recently within the last couple of generations but there are two holdouts one of them is Solomi far to the north and there's another one called Khan Han far to the south in the jungles you also have heard it, stories wait, in the that is in the jungle itself yeah it's a city it's a city far okay. to the south along the river and you you kind of get the impression that they that this city Shendane has a history with Khan Han you know like they're they're kind of enemies you okay. also do know that there are a lot of inhabitants of the jungles. There are lizard men that the locals call Nakiri. Sweet. And there are also cat people that the locals call Hao Mao. And meow. then they're uh, Hao Mao. It's H A O M A O. Oh, oh no, they're Hao Meow. <laughs> well, well, here, here's the here's one of my jokes is that their language is called Mao Mao. There you go. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> there also mix. there also are some human tribes, and then there's also uh, elven tribes. You don't know enough to like name them or anything like that. So, Chin, this jungle, there is a city called Khan Han. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's a slave city. It's one of the only slave cities around, I think, anymore. But So there you go. There's bad for you. And you know who runs it? A dragon. That's right, a dragon. And then in the jungle itself, there's some cat people, there's some lizard people, all sorts of bad stuff. I don't inherently understand why cat people or lizard people are evil. Well, nobody likes cats, so they're obviously evil. <laughs> I like cats. I didn't say dog people. I said cat people. I don't think being a cat inherently makes you evil. Uh, I don't know where you're from. You're, we're from different places. <laughs> What was your first clue? 
excuse me, uh, what's your name, sir? And he and uh, Chesh puts his hand out to Thomas's character. Oh, Isla. 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 Yes. Nice to meet you, Isla. My name is Chesh Proudfeet. Um, some people call me Chesh the Curious. Some people just call me Chesh the Annoying. But you know, whatever. And this is uh, Chin Moku. I just salute. We ran into each other when I came down south. I'm from the upper realms up north. By running into each other, he means I saved him from some sand scorpions. That is true. I got a little too close. He did. <laughs> how, how close is too close? Three feet. <laughs> close enough for them to actually attack you? I was three feet away. I measured. Or apparently that's three feet. <laughs> so, we go visit this captain of the guards now, then? All right. You're basically heading north in town. You know, right in the center of town is this just giant stepped pyramid. It's pretty elaborately carved. It's got some, especially now because of because of the solstice and the celebrations going on. It's got a lot of cloth hanging from it. You know, banners and things like that. A lot of the buildings in town are like that. There, there's usually a lot of color in this town anyway, but it's especially so right now because of the solstice. You walk up some steps, and as you start to walk, you're like, oh my gosh, because you know, you're looking up at this giant pyramid and thinking, do I have to go up all these steps? And there's kind of a spot where they actually start walking along rather than going up, because remember, it's stepped, right? So you sort of, on one of the major steps of the pyramid, you walk along, turn the corner, and then there's actually another entrance that you hadn't seen previously. Many of the Zanray warriors are lined up there. They've all got this split mail that is colorful. It's different colors for different warriors, too. It must, you know, have some significance. As you enter, too, you start to see more of the monk types. You know, many of them have shaved heads. They usually just dress in sort of peasant clothing. Some of them don't. It seems to be pretty common for them not to wear shirts. They just kind of wear breeches or, you know, something to that extent. But there's lots and lots of warriors of the king here. Once you get far enough in, you come to a spot where there's a... It looks like a fountain, but there's fire in it, if that makes sense. So it's like a, this overly large, elaborate sconce of fire in the middle of the place. And you can see from where you are that there's a big opening up into the sky. And you can really, at this point, because it's about noon, you can see the sun through the opening right above you as this beam of light comes down onto the fire. There is an older man, sort of dark complected with evil looking eyebrows, right? He's not evil, but he just kind of has that look about him, right? Where he just looks mad all the time as these eyebrows sort of furrow down. And he's in very elaborate Zenray armor. And as soon as you see him, Isla, you're going to obviously want to give him a salute because this is the Lord. I try to be as formal as I, I can. I've been, you know, kind of conditioned with the formalities and stuff. So I kind of get that pomp and circumstance type and try to remember as well all the all the protocols. He puts his hand up to his chest and then puts it out in front of him and they do it back and forth. There's a couple of guard with him that seem to be his bodyguards. And he says, so I see you found a couple of adventurers. Do you have yes. scouting experience? He says to the warlings. Well, uh, you see, I don't necessarily have a lot. Well, kind of. I mean, I have a lot of book experience. I've read a lot of stuff. I've traveled quite a bit, too. I don't necessarily scout a whole lot, but 
That's what this guy's for. Chin Moku. He can scout. Right? I'm quiet and I can look at things. I mean, tell me what more is there to scouting? From out of the shadows comes a gnome who looks like he's probably from up north. He's got kind of fair skin compared to most people around here. He's kind of wrapped up in colors, in like colorful cloth, like a lot of it that you've seen outside. He's got this big curled mustache. It's kind of white in color, but otherwise you just see his face, his nose, and his mustache. And he says in halfling, so you're learned. That's right. Where are you from exactly? I am from the Shires up north, the realm of men. What brings you so far south? Oh, it's a lovely area. Just I like to travel and adventure and write in my book. And he whips out his little journal. He says, this actually might turn out just perfectly, Lord Montauk, saying to the captain there. He said he was speaking in halfling? Yes, he did. The Lord says, I, I have an errand, and I'm going to send these two kind of pointing to Isla and Trujan. I wanted to see if I could get them a little bit of backup and, and we wonder if maybe you two could fit the bill. I'd be offering you and my men here a hundred iron pieces if you were to head south into the jungle and deal with a creature that has apparently been molesting my people. We send scouts into the jungle to check on the slave city and something on the outskirts of the Lan Quan has been attacking our men. We've lost a few. We had a few come back to us telling us that it looks somewhat cat-like, but something's weird about it. Something's not what they would expect to see. Chesh whispers the chin and says, I told you cats are bad. He said cat-like, not cat. We have a rough map. We would only ask that you bring back the head of this beast or some other proof of its capture or defeat. We'd be willing to offer you a hundred iron pieces. Your new companions here would also be paid in the same way, in addition to the fact that they would be given a promotion of sorts. The gnome says, I'd be willing to meet that price if you were to come back with any information. The word that some of our men have said is that there's some sort of ruin down there, which is not uncommon in the jungles. And if you find any information or artifacts from that ruin that you could deliver to us, we would pay you for them handsomely. And specifically, it's the gnome talking to Chesh because he seems to be a little bit of a historian. You know, somebody who might be able to, to deal with things like that. That sounds great to me. So, before we go and agree to this, you're saying you want us to kill this cat-like creature that may or may not be a cat. And two, scout out some ruins for additional information. Yes, because we think that the ruins will probably be tied to the cat. Hmm. I accept. This cat does sound like it could be problematic. Excellent. When do we start? I think now would be the answer. Excellent. Trujan and Isla, you are comfortable with this arrangement with these two? I'm assuming you are since you brought them yeah. to us. I will look at Talk and just make eye contact and slightly bow. Okay. And the gnome also chimes in and says, here, a little extra incentive and to help you on your journey. And he gives you, it's, he pulls it out of his stuff and it's like this little box of, it's got like hay in it, you know, packing stuff. And there are four mother's milk in them. Cool. Excellent. Mother's Which, milk. 
This will do a stoppered with. As soon as he hands it over, you see that they're stoppered with corks that are etched with swords, which is not that surprising if they came from up north. I'll show the, the white ones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chesh will hand them out. Great. Just so you know, to Isla Intrusion, you, you don't know who this gnome is. In fact, gnomes are kind of odd down here. Like, it's rare to see one, and this guy's clearly not from around here. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't catch your name. My name? My name is Wobber Wagahall. Pleasant to meet you. That's a very excellent name. Thank you. I come from up north, too, as you can tell. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm here on official business. Excellent. I'm here on my own business. (laughs) Hudson is having a hard time dealing with this character at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Are you talking about Wobber Ragglehall, or are you talking about me, Hudson? (laughs) Good both, I guess. No, you were fine. I'm talking about Robert Ragglehall. Like, I... I want to murder this guy. I just, I, mean, I, don't I care. just wanted to, I just wanted to be able to hear you say that name again. That's <laughs> Robert Wagglehall. There we are. We'll get all the names wrong a whole night. Yep. I think we got introduced <laughs> to like forty of them. Yep. Bound to mess them up. Incidentally, just since we haven't dealt with this area before, the hundred iron pieces that they're offering. Basically, around here, they don't really mint their own coin. And so a lot of what they... They'll use other coin. It'll come from different places. Solomon mint some stuff, for instance. But they don't really mint their own coin. They just use gems because they're very rich in gems around here. And so iron pieces are what they call pieces of hematite. Oh. And they're actually worth the same as like a platinum piece. Oh, okay. So, so this is a legit. So being offered a lot, a, a lot of, a lot of really money. Good deal, yeah. I was figuring a hundred gold type of equivalent. So okay. Mm. It's a potion of healing, right? Yep. Yeah. Hey, I figured out how to add something. <laughs> it's like Yay. magic. All right. Anything you guys want to do before you leave here or leave town? Uh, I'm pretty much ready to get started on this task. No, I'm I'm good to go. Everybody's got their equipment already with them, more or less, so... I don't know what you want me to roll, but there is... Well, it's called Drow Poison by the rules. I would like to make sure that I have some of that available to poison people with. I've been trying to find it out. It's been pretty rough finding, like, target numbers. I I actually have a a poison document in the shared stuff. Some oh. stuff exists and some stuff doesn't. So let me see what I decided with draw poison. Well, I'm just looking for something that I can apply to my weapon and poison people that doesn't have a terrible DC. Like a low DC? Yeah, the one I found was like a 10 or something and it lasted for a minute. I'm like, mm, no, I want something a little bit more robust than that. Well, look at what I wrote. So, there are no drow in, in Farnum, but this poison, which is generically called scorpion venom, which makes a lot of sense where we are, is instead used primarily in the sand wastes, taken from scorpions, <laughs> primarily among the among the Harenim and Horic tribesmen. It can be found in Solomi and in Shemreni settlements, although it, it is often seen as evil and cowardly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you could probably find some drought poison. Why don't you roll a d6 plus one, and we'll figure out how many you got on you. Because we can just assume you've been... Plus three. Right, I got a total came. of three. So through the city, there's, you know, still lots of things going on. 
You hear people talking about races out in the sands today. They're dune sailors. They ride the sands like it's like it's the ocean or something like that. And there's some races going on with that. You can't see it from you know where you are, but they just they're talking about bets they made and getting themselves out there. You're kind of going the opposite direction. And as you go to leave town, there's actually a field. There's two fields, but there's one kind of right next to you in which they are playing field ball, which is effectively like rugby. You just see people sort of beating the heck out of each other for, for this kind of round leather ball. And lots of people sort of lined up around the field. But if you want to head south, you know, into the jungle, it's nobody's stopping you. All right. We should have some basic supplies and things like that. And they made it sound like it was a day trip. So how far south is this jungle? The jungle itself, like you're right on the edges of it. So you could walk into the jungle in about a, a half hour from where you were standing initially. Yeah, so, you know, half hour later, you're basically on the edge of the jungle. There is a pathway, and you do have a map that you were given. And it's rough. It's just something that somebody put on a piece of vellum after, apparently, you know, coming back. In fact, there's a little bit of blood on the sheet itself. Chesh holds that over to Chin and says, look, dangerous. Blood on the map. (laughs) (laughs) I can make it so there's a lot more blood on the map. Yeah, when we find the bad guys, right? I was thinking about breaking your nose, but yes, that's also an option. Oh, go. Come on now. Listen, I'm not seeking thrills. I'm seeking to stop the evil axe. Oh, you and your evil axe. I know, I know. We're going to get to some evil, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see him, like, tilt his head to one side and back around the other side? Like, you think you rolled his eyes, but because he's wearing a mask, you can't really see what he did. (laughs) So very quickly, as you move your way into the jungle, the heat goes from dry to humid. Having exposed flesh is suddenly really nice. You know, anybody that can take their cloak off or whatever, you know, is is a good idea. Sometimes when you're in this dry heat of the desert, it's actually good to have some light cloth over you and kind of protect you from the rays, but not here. And everybody just suddenly is just drenched in sweat as you move through. There's lots of birds flying around. You've seen lots of babians, these kind of blue tinted, almost like baboons that are running around. They've gotten thicker as you enter the jungle. They usually leave people alone. You've heard word of like big ones, like dire babians, but most of them are just kind of troublemakers in the town, but they kind of get out of your way. If you kind of dart their direction, they'll just sort of like run into the jungle laughing at you. Chesh uh, is going to turn to the humans and say, have you guys been in this area before? Done a couple patrols and stuff. Nothing too too strenuous. Gotcha. Yeah, it's mostly patrols that we uh, send out around here. Have you ever seen that dragon? Dragon? No. The one that runs Canhan. Our patrols don't go anywhere near that place. Yeah, okay. Understandable. You do know that his name is Greganeth. And he's supposed to be a great green dragon that took up residence there a long time ago and rules the place like a king. Nice. Sounds like a green dragon. So, lots of sounds going on in this jungle as you go through, and then eventually you get to a spot where it starts to get a little bit dark because of the canopy above you. You know, the sun starts to get blocked out. So everybody roll their perceptions. They're old an 11. 18. Ooh. Ooh, I got an 11. I got a 19. Weird. 
Monks so, are perceptive. <laughs> imagine that. So every single one of you beat every single one of them. <laughs> As you're going through the trail, you do recognize that there are these kind of glistening eyes among some of the foliage, and then you recognize that it's this lizard face. Everybody roll their initiatives. I got an eight. I got a four. I got a twelve. Seven. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not at all stealthy, but they're going to go first. Out of the brush comes a group of Nakiri, which are the lizard men that, that I had mentioned previously. They aren't really wearing anything for armor. You know, they've kind of got their own plates, it seems, or, the, you know, the scales probably offer them some protection. Most of them are using clubs, which are fashioned from like animal bones. They do have shields that have kind of spikes on them that looks like they were also created from the remnants of animals. And then a couple of them actually have a couple javelins and they're going to start with that. So I've got two of them that are going to throw javelins and then the other two are going to be able to jump in and take swings in melee. A couple of javelins come flying in and come close to hitting Chinmoku and Trujan, but they just kind of fly past into the other side of the brush. Two clubs come swinging in. One of them is going to swing at Shinmoku, and the other one is going to swing at Isla. Shinmoku, the first one's going to hit, and then Isla, the one's going to miss on you. Okay, this big club comes down. Just get you for four, Shinmoku. Okay. And everybody else is just like suddenly there's these large lizard people standing among you. Um, and then two more are easily within, you know, if you, you could easily move into melee with them because they're charging into. And then we go to Trujan. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and run up to the one on Isla and uh-huh. tell him to guard the halflings. And I'm going to take a swing at the uh, one on him. Okay. Would a 12 hit? It's Hulk. 12 would not hit. I'm going to spend a key point to do Flurry of Blows. Okay. Oh, wow. Nope. I am currently harassing the one on Nesla. Okay. That is all I am doing. <laughs> all right. Do, do you, don't you get two punches with that? I do. I do. Oh, it's just like yeah. that. So you just yeah. see all like, whoa, this guy comes in <laughs> and he looks really cool doing it, but he's just like fists just flying past this big thing. And it's kind of confused for a moment as <laughs> Chash, it's your turn. All right, Chesh is going to start singing a heroic song about Chin Moku and give Chin Bardic Inspiration. So you got a D6 Inspiration dice that you can use on ability, attacks, or saving throws. Okay. Great. Last for 10 minutes. That's just one target? It is just one target. Okay. And then he will jump forward and take a swing with the sword at the nearest lizardman. Okay, it doesn't take your action to do the song? It's a bonus action. Oh, gotcha. Bonus action. Gotcha. So I rolled right. 18 to hit. That'll hit. And I do five points of damage. All right. So, and what are you swinging with? I have a longsword. Okay. So this longsword, which is about as big as he is, comes out and kind of catches under, under some of the scales on this thing. And you see blood come down underneath the cut. Chinmoku, it's your turn, and you are having a song sung about you. Sure. So for my first attack, I'm going to take my spear, 
and with two hands thrust upward towards the, the lizardman's or whatever you called them neck and chin area. Nikiri. Nikiri. So I do that towards the Nikiri. The spear misses, and then we are going to do a kind of like a, a kick at his ankle to see if I can break it. Um, like so, I stab up and spin around and try to kick his ankle as I move around him a little bit. Does a twenty-five hit? It does. I would like to do five points of damage to his ankle. Okay. This is your own, right? Different one than than Chess had. Yeah, it was the one that was attacking me. Gotcha. All right. Crack just kind of hits it and it lets out a yell. When it yells, it seems very animal to you. These are, they, they stand like people, they, they're humanoid, but they definitely have this otherworldly look to them. Isla, it's your turn. Okay, if Chesh is next to me fighting one, I will assist him by yeah. uh, taking a swing. I'll have my long sword in one hand and the short sword in the other. So the first Great. swing will be armor class, 14. Oh, 14 misses. And then my bonus action offhand will be armor class 16. That'll hit. For 8 points of damage. Nice. So, kind of the first one kind of cuts a little bit shy of it, but then the second one just jabs right in with the short sword. It's still standing, but it is yelling out and not happy with you at all. All right. They're going to go again. At this point, the two that threw the javelin are now closing as well. And so pretty much everybody's going to have one that focuses on them. They're just kind of splitting themselves among you. And so as these clubs come through, let's see. The only one that connected was actually the one on Trusion. So Trusion, you're going to take a club smash here. Get you with five points of damage. The two that were close enough, they're biting with their mouths, and so Chesh and Shinmoku coming at you. The one misses Shinmoku, but Chesh, you're going to take some biting, piercing damage here. Ooh, and he gets you for seven. Okay. Clamps down. Um, Ouch. Almost has to bend down to do it, but catches you on the shoulder. It's now Trujan's turn. All right, I'm going to try this one more time and take a swing at the uh, guy on this left. There we go. Old 22 hit. Yep. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, four, four points of damage. Okay. And then I'm going to try the flurry of blows again. Got to work one time. <laughs> 23 and 15. Both of those will hit. Yep. Nice. Uh, another 11. 11 points of damage. Yep. All right. So that one, he, he comes in and, you know, the first time around, it was sort of like all these fists going around and it almost chuckled at him for a second. And then after that, he just goes crack, crack, crack. All three hit him right in the chest. And whatever happened inside that Nikiri just didn't go well for it because it just spits up blood and falls over. Oh, nice. So, you're, so yours is down. You busted up everything on its insides and it slumped to the ground. All right, Chesh. Chesh is going to take a swing at the one that's in front of him that he hit already. Okay. And we rolled a 14 to hit. But that'll miss. All right. And he's continuing to sing about Chin, even though I'm not doing any extra ability. Okay. All right. Pinmoku. I am going to take my spear stab at the same one, aiming more for like the general vital region of the body uh, with two hands. 
Wow, that's some garbage rolls. Yeah, they both miss. <laughs> Alrighty. He does that, and then he tries to hit one of the knees on the guy. Both miss. Alright. Little fighting back and forth here, and then it's Isla's turn. You've got the one fresh lizard man on you. Okay. I'll take swings at him. First swing with the long sword is AC 19. Yep. Uh, that will be six damage. And then with the offhand will be AC 20 for another eight damage. Nice. Uh, this thing went from fresh, because this is one of them that came up, you know, with the after throwing a javelin. And it looked pretty fresh, but now it's looking really bad. So the sword comes in, just blood spraying from it. And now they're going to go. Chash, we'll start with your guy. Everybody's okay. going to take a swing and a bite. And they're just going to focus on their people. Mm-hmm. Your Akiri's going to get you with both attacks. So the slam comes in and a bite. Uh, 11 points of damage. All right, chest drops. Ugh. <laughs> Knocks him to the ground. Shinmaku, the, that one that's kind of focused on you is now attacking as well. Ooh, and it actually misses both of those. Isla, wow, yours misses too. So one of them got really lucky there <laughs> while everybody else is just kind of like fending them off with their weapons. We're back to Trujan. You don't have one necessarily focusing on you, but you're certainly right there okay. next to somebody else. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and rush over to Chesh. Okay. He's pretty much right there. So, How do we do potions again? It's take, going to be uh, an action. Or no? Yeah, it's going to take an action. Okay. Okay. Can I do the potion and then do flurry of blows on the guy that dropped him? No. I mean... By the rules, I'm not going to say what Mark's going to say. By the but rules, you need, you need, you to, need to attacked. Oh, okay. All right, it's kind of like case. the fighter's extra attacks. Okay. I'll uh, just go after the guy that dropped him then. Okay. Let's see, there's 21, and then I'm going to use my last key for flurry blows. Okay. Nope. I don't think 11 hits. So. No. Six points of damage. All right, six will do it, actually. You, so you crack him, and you've become the killer of the Kiri. Nice. It drops, falls back, almost like rolls on its heels, and just slams down. These things are heavier than they look, right? Like, you just everybody sort of shakes when it hits the ground. Chash, go ahead and make a death saving throw. All righty. Oh, okay. I got a seven. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, let's so he's laying there bleeding. You get three of those, Brian. Plus, they can put a potion in you before that happens, I'm sure, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm not worried. All right, Shinmaku. The one that's on you is you've damaged it a little bit. The one that's on Isla seems like it's pretty much hanging by a thread. I'm going to go for the one that's on me. Okay. Yeah, so spear and then uh, just like a roundhouse kick at the Koika. So for the spear, I'm going to use the inspiration dice. Ah, oh, geez. I only got a 14. And then I got a 16 with the kick to the Koika. <laughs> what is that exactly? Uh, what was that, Mark? My biology skills are apparently not very good. What are you saying? It's the Lizard Man junk area. Oh, okay. The nard. <laughs> it's the nards. <laughs> Lizard Man's got nards? <laughs> no, he's got a Koika, and that's where I'm kicking him. <laughs> and but he's yeah. connected. 
Okay, so with 16, and then that is 7 points of damage. <laughs> right. <laughs> it uh, does not look look happy at all. It kind of like howls again and puts its hand to its groin um, now we know. as it holds up its club. It's a your turn. Alright, uh, so that one's still in front of me. I'm going to yep. keep working down. First swing, AC 9 is going to miss. Okay. Sword goes uh, past him. Second swing is AC 15. Uh, that hits. And that does another 8 damage. Alright. So, and again, yeah, this offhand seems to be your thing. You make him nervous about that big sword, and then the little sword comes in. And so you just stick it right up under his rib cage, pull it out, and just everything just falls out from his inside. You just disembowel him almost as he falls down to his knees in front of you and then falls over to his side. We've got one left. He's over Chinmaku, and he's going to take a swing and a bite, but he doesn't do a very good job of it, and it's now Trujan's turn. I'm going to run over and take a swing at him. 17 to hit? Yeah, that hits, yep. Or 6. All right. You're taking out three of these guys. Him and <laughs> wham! Again, just crack him on the side of the face, and his head turns and just snaps his neck with the kick, and then drops to the ground, tongue hanging out, and blood pooling at the bottom of it. Chest, you want to just make your death saving throw? You get three of them, so this is just number two. Don't roll a one. All right, number two. Nope, five. <laughs> five. Oh, yeah, one would be dead, wouldn't it? Yeah. I could re-roll that, two. though, because I'm a hobbit. <laughs> oh. I walk over, and I take three fingers and do the Boy Scout symbol, I guess, and just touch it to his forehead and say, get up, and you heal for five points of damage. Oh, nice. Nice. All right. He pops up, right. and he's like, oh, hey, oh, hey, Chin, looks like you saved me again. <laughs> <laughs> I think Trujan deserves more credit than I, but yes. <laughs> Thanks, Trujan. Well, um, do what I can. Just as you're saying that, everybody realizes there's more things in the bushes. You have arrows pointed at you now. And there are a group of probably, from what you can see, about six elves. They all look very tribal in their clothing and jewelry and things like that. They all have stripes on their skin, like tiger stripes. Just seems to be a thing with this tribe. They see that you see them and they step out onto the path. Thank you and for your just... assistance. <laughs> Does anybody speak elf or what do, what do we got for languages? Um, I don't... I speak common and halfling. Same. I do not speak elf. I speak common and halfling. Weird! Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Everybody ended up with the same combos. So all the lizard guys are down, right? Yeah, lizard guys are down, but then there's all these elves standing around you yep. with arrows pointed. Okay. Yep. And I'll wave my hand kind of with this grand gesture, starting on like my right side, I'll stand in my arm all the way to the left side and say, thank you for your assistance, and bow. Chesh will bow as well. One Except of them... he probably didn't do it sarcastically. One of them speaks in Shamreni in real... Actually, the language is called Shamren, but speaks in kind of the common tongue of the area. It's a little bit choppy. He's obviously not 100% fluent. But he says, you were looking for the Dakiri? No. Looking for a cat. 
like creature. Yes, like a cat-like creature that's been uh, kind of running amok around here. You know, cat. Meow, meow. They they talk to each other in their language for a second, and then the one turns back to you and says, Do you seek Rogadag? Who is Rogadag? Uh, Can I roll a history check? Yeah. 20. Uh, Dirty 20. You feel like you've heard that in songs that deal with the beast and the hunter, which are kind of stereotypical tavern songs. Sort of like the cat and mouse thing, where the beast is always outclassing the hunter and getting away from him. But you don't really know anything beyond that. Just reference in some songs that you know. Okay. Do I know if Rogadag is a cat-like creature? Not necessarily. You just know they use the term beast. Okay. The creature we're hunting has been was messing with what the city we just came from. Scouts or no no scouts sent south. Yeah, like they've been attacked by this beast. Gotcha. What was the name of the ruins that we were supposed to go investigate? They didn't have a name. They just gave you a map that kind of gives you a rough idea of where it is. Chesh will pop out the map and say, "It might be Rogadag. Do you happen to know kind of where this is?" And he. Shows them the map and points to the, the X marks the spot type of location on there. Mm-hmm. He says, yes, Rogadag. Oh, it is Rogadag. Looks like we're uh, going after Rogadag, people. At least the beast has a name. This could be very interesting. He says something that it's a little bit choppy, but it's effectively like, thank you for helping with the Nakiri. You get the impression that they were sort of chasing after the Nakiri. Sure. Oh, okay. And, and you he, did kind he, of did their uh, job for them in a sense. Chesh says, no, thank you, thank you. If one of the Nakiri is still kind of trying to move, like in the death rolls, like at that point, Chimonku would stab it in the neck with his spear and be like, anytime. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we'll make that happen. So the, the one specifically, he introduces himself. His name is Aldor. And he kind of makes a point of wanting to know your names. All right, we uh, give him our names. Chesh gives his name. He does his best to pronounce them, and when he does that too, he puts his hand on your heart. Must be a greeting. Okay. But he takes the map, and he, he kind of modifies it a little bit. Tries to help you figure out where it would be. Oh, good. Okay. And he says the cats sometimes leave offerings to Ragadag here. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. They start pillaging through the lizard men, kind of looting them, I guess. And That's our loot, should, back off! <laughs> <laughs> and you'll, you notice that they, they don't mess with the weapons and stuff, like they don't care about their bone clubs or their scaly skin shields that they make or anything like that. After spending a little bit of time with you and making sure that it looks as though you're not here to cause any problems, some of them, in fact, start just sort of leaving. The one Aldor that had been hanging says, Beware of Rogadag. That temple we've heard has been active lately. Something has moved in. Something has moved in, huh? Hmm. Interesting. Thank you for the tip. Is it safe to rest in this area, Aldor? Um, he, he says this... Zoom <laughs> tight, Aldor! <laughs> <laughs> he says the jungle always has something coming through it, but 
If you stay on the path here, I think you should be okay. This isn't a predator path. Anyone mind if I uh, take a rest? Absolutely, that's fine. Not a problem at all. Mark, do you mind if we take a short rest? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I would like that. This is more of an old road that you're on, and so the animals are not as likely to come down. It's a DA, doesn't it? I might be able to heal you. Hold on one second. Brian, if we can use our hit dice, you won't have to use your spells. Yeah. No. I've got a bard thing. Oh, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. A song of Rest. Does it cost you anything, though? Um, it does not. If you're oh. any friendly creatures who can hear perform blah, 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 by a short rest, by spending one or more hit dice, you regain an extra D6 hit point. Oh, okay, cool. So you still use your hit dice, but yeah, so... He's but we get add out. a D6? Yep, but you add a D6. So you oh, see nice. Chesh get out a Shom and start playing, and everybody can heal up. I nice. rolled max anyway. Joke's on me. Okay. Anything else before you move on? Yeah, I would like to say that during this time, from somewhere in his clothes, a Chimilko pulls out a white mouse, and he just kind of pets it. He keeps himself unless directly approached by somebody and just pets the mouse. Has the rest. Jesh seen this mouse, I would imagine? Yes, you would have. It's, he's not like a secretive, secretive character. He's just doesn't maybe necessarily bring it up to your attention. Does he know the name of the mouse? The mouse doesn't need a name. It's a boo. Chesh is going to see you with the mouse and say, uh, you know what, you should give him a name. How come you haven't named him? Because it's like of mice and men, and he's about to squash it. <laughs> We're going to find I, out. Spoiler. I look at Chash and go, why would I give him a name? He probably has his own name. He just hasn't elected to tell me. Speak with mice? <laughs> Don't you two think you should give it a name? We can yes. give him a name. Whether or not he likes the name was another... Why don't we give him a nickname? How about a nickname? A nickname? Yeah. It's, it's a placeholder till he tells you what his real name is. How about Junior? Like it. Yep. I'm sorry. Junior. I just call him Mouse. Chin and Junior. <sighs> junior. You can't see his expression behind the mask, but he just puts the mouse back in his clothes and he goes, I call him Mouse. Chin Maku Jr. <laughs> Mouse Jr. Got it. <laughs> Alright. Everybody gets rested. As you travel on, it doesn't take very long before you get to the spot where you need to go into the jungle itself. It might take a little bit of machete work in spots, trying to get to where you think you need to be. And it's a little bit hard to tell because you're you can't always see the sun. Who's leading this party? Chesh is not leading the party. <laughs> I actually have a survival skill, so if these guys stop at the jungle and look wide-eyed, I will take the lead. I will let him take the lead because I am a very quiet person. Yeah, I'll follow it, behind. Chesh will have the map out and try to give directions, but he just knows he doesn't have the stamina and strength to cut through all the jungle. Go ahead, Chinmaku, and make your survival check with advantage since you're getting a little bit of help from them. Sure. Natural 20 for 25. <laughs> if this map is good, then you're doing really well. 
And in fact, if you've moved about half hour into the jungle, you come across a body laying in the jungle. It's actually being picked at by some sort of vulture. And as you approach, the vulture kind of looks up and then flies away. All right. Can I roll investigation on the body? Yes, go ahead. 14. It's started to rot, and it's been picked at by animals. But from what you can see, it looks like he's dressed very similarly to Trujan. You get this monk vibe from maybe the palace. Do I recognize the clothes? Yeah, it looks very likely that this is one of your comrades that went missing. Okay, I'll go down and investigate. See if I can see exactly who it is or anything. Sure. I would like to take this moment to put poison on the spear. Okay. Chesh is going to put his hand on the back of Turgeon as kind of like a, I'm sorry, type of deal. Good. You're a halfling. You're a wardling or a burling, whatever term we want to put. And so you just put your hand on his butt. (laughs) How about his calf? (laughs) not much better (laughs) (laughs) so he's got a bag under the body a little bit you have to move him just a little bit and get this bag out it's not like a full pack but it's you know sort of like a shoulder bag that he was carrying in it you do find a book bound in leather and you also find a glass piece which is basically worth a platinum like obsidian volcanic glass okay and then you also find three Salome knuckles. In Salome, they do like a little cylinder instead of a coin. And often they carry them on ropes. So basically it's four pieces all together. Three knuckles plus a glass piece. They're each worth ten gold. Okay, just, so the Salome yeah. knuckles are worth a platinum as well? Yes. Nice and simple at this point. Everything's just kind of worth the same. When you see the book, you recognize, Trujan, that this must have been the sage. When they have certain roles, they might only be called by that while they're in that role. And so okay. you've only, only known this guy as the sage. But you recognize the book, in fact. It's a book of translation, and it's meant to translate from the pictographs. They're in some of the old ruins in the jungle. They call it Tiandua. It's basically this dead language. So you think that he must have been doing some archaeology in the jungle here for whatever reason. Mm. And you do know that he went missing, so it makes a lot of sense. I'll relay this to the group. I'll tell you about your friend. I just knew of him. I didn't... I wasn't a close companion. Do we see, like, how he died, or... Can I do a medicine check? Medicine check, yeah. Can I roll a medicine check Everybody can roll it, sure. You're all going to look. 12. 16. 20, the easy way. (laughs) The easy way. Which means that Um, it was a bonus. Jomoku, you have definitely seen large animals attack people before. You know, it's, it's not uncommon in the sand wastes. So you can see that there were some bite marks on some of the bone that's left. One of the arms is missing. And you think from the way the clothes are torn, it seems like whatever it was had claws. So, a cat-like creature? 
Very possibly. You also I, notice that there's a puncture in the head. You don't know what to make. It could be lots of things, right? An arrow or a spear. But there seems to be a hole in the back of the skull. Well, I'm not entirely sure what killed him. With the blunt end of my spear, I will point out the, the claw marks. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That possibly. But definitely something that was very cat-like. This, this wound here, unusual. I don't know what to make of it. It doesn't match with the rest of it. Are there any other scratches or anything next to the hole? Like, it tried to it bite into its head and... No. <laughs> it's just a single puncture mark in the skull, and then most of the wounds are actually in his body, and they seem to be more like claws and teeth. Maybe he got speared in the head and then got clawed up. I don't know. Does it look like it's been eaten? Aside yeah. Maybe a vulture? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, one of the arms was taken off. And then again, like I said, there were scavengers that had been picking at it, too. Mm-hmm. Well, ominous. I think we're on the right track for fighting evil. Definitely are on the right track, and we definitely need to be wary of our surroundings. Nope. So, Chess, for once, you were right about the evil. I was right about the what? The evil. Yeah. I'll give I you a compliment. You should thank me. Sorry, I just was... feel sorry for this guy. Death is a natural process. This fight, whatever it was, was meant to be. Nothing more. Well, let's go avenge him. I prefer to think that I'm preventing, not out for things like vengeance. I'm out for vengeance. I bet you are. Let's go. All right. This guy Cutting needs your way to be stopped. You do start to find some spots where you don't, you know, you had to do a little machete work, you know, using your swords to kind of clear up a little bit in some spot. But you find that there's some paths. Again, it's a good sign, right? Sort of leading you in the right direction. Things or people have come through here. And you come up on kind of a hill in front of you. And as you get a little closer to it, you recognize that it's got a cave entrance to it. It's very overgrown, but there are lots of animal bones all around on the outside. And many of them seem to be like tied up with twine and different things. Jewelry is sort of attached to them. It's almost like little offerings in front of the cave. You also can see that even though it's overgrown, the cave seems to have a lot of carvings around the entrance. Can I read the carvings? Not from where you are. You're just getting a look at it, right? Like from afar. Okay. There also is a stone statue off to one side. It doesn't actually have any of the, there's sort of all this sort of moss and vines and things growing all over everything. And this seems pretty clean of that. But off to one side of the entrance, there is the statue that looks a little bit like a lion. Hmm. It does have a couple little nubby horns on the front of its head. But otherwise, it pretty much looks like a lion. Hmm. I, I think we've found where we need to be. I think so. As we approach that kind of clearing and stuff, the sacrifices or bodies that are around, I want to look and are we seeing like the same style puncture hole on the back of the skull? 
That's a good question. So you, you're kind of looking at skulls and things like that. It seems as though there are a couple of bodies that aren't maybe as ceremoniously set out, right? Like some of them look to be offerings, they're tied together. But there's a couple that just look like they're bodies or that maybe have been laying there. And you do see a couple of skulls that have that puncture in it. Hmm. So it's not all of the skulls because there's a good handful of skulls in this area. But a couple of them you could find if you kind of walk, walk around and look. Never wanted a helmet so bad in my life. <laughs> what do you think? Should we just investigate that cave? Yes, I believe we should, but we should definitely take a very cautious approach. Yeah, maybe lure it, lure whatever's in there out? Or do you think anybody... Oh, wait a minute. Excuse me, I know what we could do. I can make somebody disappear for a little bit, and maybe they could go check it out, or I guess I could do that myself. I don't trust you to do that. I could go scout. <laughs> that would be fine. Do you two agree? Yeah, I, I think that would be a... Yeah. All right. Chesh just touches Chin on the shoulder and Chin disappears. He goes invisible. Nice. I will... Cre- um, stealthily, I was about to say creepily, uh, creep up <laughs> on the... I will stealthily creep up on the entrance to the cave as best as I can while I'm invisible. Mm-hmm. I would like to keep an eye out for anything that looks suspicious and just kind of okay. move in and see if I can find something. All right. Roll your stealth. Stealth I'm not worried about. 16. Just as you get up to this statue, you really don't like the looks of this statue. Like It doesn't seem to match the rest of the stone. There isn't really any moss growing on it or anything like that. You can't see where it connects to the pedestal that it's on. You're really glad you're invisible next to this thing. Anything else gives me uh, some creepy mojo? I mean, you haven't gotten into the cave yet, but... It's too late, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) More creepy mojo. I'm glad I'm invisible, too. We'll continue to creep past it. Okay. And then I will uh, look into the cave. All right. Go ahead and roll your perception. Woo! This is where we get Joel. Nine. <laughs> All right. Keep going. And yeah. I mean, unless I see something suspicious. Sure. So as you enter, and it, of course it gets dark as you know as you get further into it, you feel some resistance at one of your feet some sort of sound goes off you have tripped something that creates an alarm everybody else sees that statue come to life and start moving into the cave <laughs> oh no roll your initiative all right oh that's a little better <laughs> thomas are you rolling some merc initiative there oh i'm doing great <laughs> Can I have my Larson's Torch initiative? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. You guys will not appreciate being the tank with a zero initiative and everybody going first. Well, I have a bonus to initiative. I'm just rolling hot garbage. (laughs) I got a seven. I got an 11. Yeah, same. Who's going first? Chess, you want to go first? Sure. 
What did you get, Shinmoku? I got a 20. Okay. Sounds like I just rolled higher than everybody else. Yep. Good die. Shinmoku, as soon as you hit that, you do see some shadowing behind you because you, you were coming down into the cave as this lion statue is moving around out in the light. And the light, by the way, is a little bit better in this area. The canopy is not as thick. It's dark in the cave, it seems, but outside it's not. So, Shinmoku, what do you want to do? You're invisible. Sure. So the the lion thing's coming in? Yeah. Does it take up most of the cave? Yeah, most of it. I can't squeeze past it and try to make my way back out. Well, you can give it a try. I mean, you're a warling. You're a little, you're a little guy. Roll, uh, uh, make an acrobatics check if you want to try to stay away from it. Yeah, it's fine. So what I'd like to do is with my speed, because I'm only 35 feet, I like to like run, and then just for flavor text, I'm gonna run and like jump and do this weird kick off the wall, and try to spear it in the head, and then when I okay. land, do a weird like kick, try to hit it. Uh, so for the spear. We're going to say we do that one-handed because otherwise and it you, doesn't... You're trying to end up on the outside of the cave with it? Or you no, the, it's towards just... the door or... If there's enough room for me, I'll just land next to it like I'm not doing anything. Okay. So for the spear, does a 13 hit? Yes. Oh, okay. He takes six points of damage and heals me a con check. It's a, it's a construct. Oh, okay, so it's immune to poison. Poison's not going to do anything to it, yeah. Well, the poison's gone off my uh, thing, because that's the way it's worded. And then I will do the kick as well. Then I got an 11 for the kick, so probably hits but doesn't penetrate. Uh, 11 does not hit. That's what I meant. Like, I hit it because it's a big construct, but, like, it doesn't oh, actually gotcha. do yeah, anything. Yeah. Gotcha, yep. So, yeah, it just raises off the side of it. It is going to attack you. Gonna sure. Go to bite. Uh, it does hit. What? I have such a high AC though. Ends up with six points of piercing damage. These big teeth. It's got really long incisors going up and down, and they scrape at you as you duck back out, so you don't actually end up in its mouth entirely. And then we go to Chesh. You can see that. The back of that thing, you can see that it's basically fighting already at this point. I can see the two of them. I can see the lion and... Um, you can pretty much man. just see the lion at this point because it's okay. pretty big and he's down in the... Am I within 30 feet of this thing? Yeah, I mean, you guys tell me, right? Like, You guys were walking around looking at I would, yeah, we stuff, could... so I, I, I imagine you are. Okay. Chesh is going to start singing a song about how heroic Isla is and give him the bardic inspiration. Okay. And then that's his bonus action. And then he's going to kind of advance and he's going to use a cantrip of magic hand and he's going to make a hand appear and he's going to start tapping the back of the lion to try to get its attention. Okay. Just try to distract it a little bit. Yep. All right. Hey, Jan. Woohoo. <laughs> All right. This big partially glowing hand starts tapping at this lion. And Doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> as he's singing about Isla. By the way, if you ever play a bard on an ongoing campaign, you know you're going to have to come up with these songs, right? Like, that'd be the oh, best. Oh, yeah. Just, this is my Isla song, you know. Treasure, this your turn. 
Okay, I'm gonna run up and take Trujan. a swing at him. Trujan, I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, that's definitely not gonna. Our Trojan condoms. This is miss. not how it's done, guys. No. You need to no. hit the guy. I am gonna spend a key to take two more swings at him. Okay. Eighteen. Yeah. Hits. That's the only one that did, though. Okay. Four points of damage, and right. he needs to do a dexterity saving throw. Eleven. Okay. He failed it. He is officially prone. Nice. Oh, okay. Nice. Knock him on his butt as this yeah. big hand's poking, <laughs> and it's just floating there. There's no line, and then the hand kind of goes, whoop, and drops down and keeps poking. <laughs> All right, cool. That will give advantage to the next attacker, which could possibly be Isla. Seeing this opportunity, yeah. So, first swing. With advantage. With advantage. Good thing. AC 19. Hits. Okay. 11 points of damage. And then uh, offhand with the short sword. Wouldn't all attacks be at advantage until it's next turn when it can stand up? Yeah, while it's down. Mm -hmm. Okay. My offhand will be AC 22. Yep. Nice. Uh, another eight points of damage. Nice. Comes in, bam, bam. You get a little word of your weapons because this thing is made of stone. But you're definitely chipping into it and in a pretty sizable way. Big hunks are being scraped away and flecking off onto the ground. It is Shinmaku's turn again. Okay. It's still on the ground. I will take the spear and double-handed it, like, downward thrust as much as I can. I guess I'm a whirling. There's not much downward thrust with me. Fifteen. Yes, that hits. Four points of damage, and then he will basically kick it. Okay. Twenty-two to hit. Seven points of bludgeoning damage, and then I would like to use a key point... I'm going to use the Hands of Harm, and he takes 1d4 necrotic damage. Okay. <laughs> For one. For one? <laughs> yeah. All right. Crack, crack, crack. Just all the spear coming in and then just kicking right into its face. Part of its uh, upper lip cracks off and hits the ground, and it roars at you. It's now going to stand up, and it's going to attack Chinoku. Wow. Bites at you and then just kind of hits the wall next to you, doesn't actually connect. You're kind of glad because you feel like if this thing really got its teeth on you, you'd be in big trouble. That's all it's got. So now it is Chesh's turn. All right. Chesh is going to walk up to it and take a swing at it and almost step back at the same time because he's kind of worried about <laughs> attacking this thing. Sure. And I rolled a... 13 to hit. 13 will miss. 13 will miss. All right. Yep. It was that hesitation on him. <laughs> Takes a swing and just not quite in form. He keeps up singing about Isla as well. Okay. Trujan, it's your turn. I'm going to go ahead and take another swing at him. 1T2 to hit. Yep. That'll hit. Or another four. And I'm going to do Flurry of Blows. Absolutely nothing. Okay. I'd like to think that you're like hitting it. It's not like you're missing, but you hit it and nothing happens. <laughs> Maybe a little Jackie Chan action to shake your hand a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's let your turn. 
Yeah, continuing attacks. It realizes that things are behind it and it's on its feet now, so it's sort of whipping that big head back and forth a little bit. Just enough so it's not just like a backstab kind of feel. All right, I got a natural 20 on that. Hey! All right. Minimum damage, so five damage. (laughs) All right. Short sword? Yep, offhand AC 17. Yep. Or six damage. The short sword's the money for you, right? It really is right now. (laughs) Other one goes in as it sort of turns a little bit. You just jab your sword into a gash that was already there from one of the other blows that it took. And it just splits at the neck and the head starts to fall off. And you can see this thing like looking back at its own body for a minute. Oh, like almost slow motion. It realizes what's happening to it. And it just falls to the ground. And then the whole thing just bursts into a bunch of stones just broken up into pieces at that point a cat person some of you had known that there was these things called the how mao comes running up the so is it uh, leopard print or black panther this one is more like a tiger kind of like the elves you saw as it runs up it's yelling this battle cry that is a little less than impressive in a way and just sort of just sort of charging you guys as it comes up and then behind it you've got this hallway of sorts and behind it comes somebody else that looks a little bit more intimidating so he's robed and he's just looks a little more calm i mean this 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 poor how mao is just going for broke almost looks pathetic you know as it comes running through it's got a short sword in its hands and it's just looking to just swing its way through and then there's this figure behind it and then above it on the ceiling comes and it's like a almost moving like a spider right comes this big beast and it has horns like the statue had it looks mostly feline but it doesn't look quite right but then just as it comes into view its tail comes up behind it and it looks like a big scorpion tail. It has a big stinger on the end of it. We so gonna die. Yep. I was actually expecting a displacer beast, but now that tail stab makes a lot more sense. Chinmaku, you're going first. You've got this cat person running through just a flail on this sword around. A robed figure coming up the tunnel. And then this beast climbing the ceiling like an arachnid with a scorpion tail. Sure. So in my mind, that how Mao or whatever the meow meow he is. You got got it just right. How Mao. Is charging us. But is he charging or is he like fleeing? It's hard to say. Oh, you're in sight. Sure. Okay. Might as well. We'll let you do that while he comes at you. Thirteen. You kind of feel like he would probably go if you let him, but there's a lot of people between him and the door, and so he seems dangerous one way or another. I'm going to say, let the cat pass, and I'm going to chuck the spear at the thing on the ceiling? Is it within 20 feet? Probably not. Yeah, it's not that high. Okay. It's coming into the tunnel, right? If it were on the ceiling, it could probably reach you with its tail. Right, but is it within 20 feet of me in general? I'm going to say, yeah, they're okay. coming fast. I'm throwing the spear at him. That's what I'm doing. 21 to hit. That's all it hits. <laughs> Roll the one. So four damage. Four damage. Okay. 
I don't have anything else at this point, so I'm going to use step of one to do patient defense. Okay. And that gives disadvantage to attack you, is that what that does? Yeah, it's the dodge action, but it allows me to take it as a bonus action doing that way. Throws the spear, standing there all martial arts-like. The cat is going to swing at you as he tries to get by you. Ooh, he actually hits. <laughs> at disadvantage, uh, he hit me. Yeah, he <laughs> and he rolled max damage. Of course he did. Uh, you get hit with nine points of slashing damage as this thing comes flying by you. Wanted to get through, basically. It does, however, step out of your melee. He kicked me. I'm going to try to kick him right underneath where the tail comes out. Yeah, I see a pattern here. You kind of go for the gold, don't you? He's a very honorable monk, but he always <laughs> junk. He's the uh, order of the sunless sky. He hits people where the sun don't shine. Nice. Well, no, I don't. I rolled a one. It looks kind of silly almost as you're being all defensive. Yeah, like I just get slashed with a sword, try to kick him, and just miss wildly. The beast is moving pretty quickly, and it is now going to try to attack at you. It comes above you, and it's scary, right? This big cat-like beast. The Pow Mau had tiger stripes. This beast does have some, like, leopard spots, and the spots are, in fact, on the tail as it comes down. And it just hits into the ground, puts a big hole into the ground at your feet, but you step out of the way. Right where you were, this hole about the size of the hole in the skulls is now in the ground next to you, but he doesn't actually connect with you. For the record. Chesh, it's I'm, your turn. Chesh, just for the record, I'm looking pretty rough. <laughs> okay, so Chesh is going to uh, whisper, this is a bonus action, he's going to whisper into Chin's ear and say, you've got this, and he's going to heal him with healing word. Okay. And again, it's just a bonus action, so you're going to heal five points of damage. That's almost double what I had, so I, I will take that happily. That's a perfect bard way to say healing word, right? You got this. <laughs> I love it. I will totally play a bard next character for sure. <laughs> this would be a lot of fun. I'm going to cast sleep. I could just point to an area. It's a 20-foot radius. Can I get it in a spot where I hit the beast and the... I know the cat guy's way so, out. Well, out. Wait, wait, was he, Healing Word is... A bonus action. action. It's a it, but it's a, it, no, Healing no, Word... No, it's actually a... No, it's a first level spell, so you can't cast Sleep. You can cast, okay, cast a, a cantrip. Oh. You can cast yeah. a cantrip, actually. Oh, okay. So, like, if you have Vicious Mockery or something of that nature, you could cast that, but... Darn. Otherwise, you're to your regular action, so sword attack or... A cantrip, right? Yeah, a cantrip of some sort. Well, shoot. I guess I will use Mage Hand again, and I'm going to smack the scorpion tail behind it uh, in its rear. Okay. <laughs> and say, get off of him! <laughs> a lot of rear hitting here in this adventure. <laughs> so the Mage Hand starts trying to pester the beast, yep. and then we go to <laughs> Trujan. Okay, can I take a swing at the guy that's been beating up Shinmoku? Yeah, the how mal that's running through? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Alright, uh, take a swing at him. 20? That'll hit. Alright, four, six. So, yeah, you give him a punch as he comes through, bloodies him up in his face, kind of makes him stagger a little bit. 
he is still standing, but you got him good. Cool. Cool, cool. That's me. Okay, just the one? Yeah. That brings us to Isla. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got one on, on Chin. Well, that Pow Mau is pretty much within your melee range at this point because it's kind of running through the group okay. like a crazy person. Yeah, I am going to be taking a swing at that guy then. Uh, natural 20. Nice. Oh, totally hits. So I get a wonderful. That's better. So 17 points of damage on that one. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. <laughs> so it comes through. You crack it, and you're like, "Oh, I think I did it pretty good." And then it suddenly, its head head <laughs> just gets severed with this longsword. The cat's head just goes whipping out of the tunnel entirely, like lands among the skulls outside <laughs> as the body sort of flails forward and Excellent. lands in a slump. Okay. All right, um, Isla, is that you? I will go to Chin's side to prevent him from being flanked by any other attackers. The guy in the back yells something in a language that you're not 100% sure what he's saying, but he yells something and he points at Chinmaku. Chinmaku, make a wisdom saving throw. I think I failed. I got an eight. Okay. All right. So suddenly you are paralyzed. You're under some sort of spell that is holding you still and you can't move. The patient defense does not work anymore. We're back up to Chinmaku. You can, I believe, take another test, try to break it. Maybe his timing was poor there. (laughs) He's going to take your turn one way or another, but... Yeah, that's true. Another wisdom saving throw? 23. Hey, all right, so you you lost your turn, but you break out of it. You find your chi and bust through the magic that was holding you still. I'm pretty Uh, sure Estelle broke it, but it was actually 21. (laughs) It's actually perfect timing because now the beast is going to attack you again. Now he's not attacking some frozen thing, right? Right. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Probably still going to murder the crap out of me. Uh, What do you got, 17? 16. No, 16. That tail comes down and... Sorry, guys. I'm dead. With... <laughs> yeah, totally dead. Catches Mostly you dead. with nine points of piercing damage. Catches you oh with just below <laughs> the shoulder blade. Jeez. Does that what put you, you down? Doing? No, but the only reason I'm still up is because of the alien healing word to receive flash around. Now make a con con uh, Come on. Con saving throw. (laughs) Does a 21 pass? Yeah, all right. Yep, yep. For the record, that was a 20. You know, other than the fact that that it hurts like heck, nothing crazy happens from it. Now it is Chesh's turn. He is going to do his last Bardic Inspire. So he is going to start declaring how great of a hero Chin Moku is. So now you get your Bardic Inspiration D6, Hudson. At the same time, he's going to cast Heroism at level 2. I get to pick two targets. So he's going to touch Chinmoku and then touch Trujin. And he's going to sing about how they are major heroes and they can fight the beast and destroy the beast. And what that does is the creature being touched is immune to being frightened and gains temporary hit points equal to your spellcasting ability modifier at the start of each of its turn for the next minute. So you guys gain three hit points. Oh, nice. So add your hit points, guys, and now it's Trujin's turn. Is a beast in range for me? 
Uh, you could make it in range, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna run up and take a swing at him. Okay. Not with a one. That we can reach him on the ceiling? Yeah, because it's not that high. On. And he's huge. Like, oh. he's, you know how he attacked from the ceiling, right? Like, he's he's right there. He's just this. He's upside down, but he's right there. And then I'm gonna go ahead and use my last key point to do flurry blows. Okay. 17. Hits. And 10. Misses. 17 is going to be for six points of damage. And he needs to do the deck save 11. Ooh, you could drop him on the ground. That's yeah. the goal. Nice. Ah, uh, he passes. Ah, uh, that's all right. He stays up there. All right, all right. Isla. All right, so closest enemy to me. The beast is a little bit closer, but okay. they're both relatively close. Right. Let's go with the beast. Okay. First swing, back to normal. Uh, AC 8. And offhand, AC 14. Hits. <laughs> Your offhand yeah, is where it's at. Master. Um, oh, yes. Four damage is a lightly cut across it. Okay. <laughs> Gently and lovingly. Where's your divine smite? Oh, wait. Not, not a paladin. Not a paladin. <laughs> not a paladin. You know, it just makes sense he's going to try that again. The robed figure again is going to cast his spell. And in this case, Jinmoku, he's just going to keep on you. Go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. 23. Hey! All right. That'll all right. Do. Failed that guy, and now we cut back up to the top. Chinmoku, it's your turn. Okay, so the beast is still on the ceiling, right? Yes. And you don't have a spear, right? I don't. But I do have darts. <laughs> you could jump up and grab the spear, I bet. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to grab no. up, just jab it. So you're saying I can't reach him with my, like, punches, right? Am I understanding this? No, I think, I think you can. Yeah, you just jump <laughs> up and kick him. It's going to be okay. all like just flying anime. Just for flavor's sake, because I really enjoy this, he's going to crouch down and spin upwards and throw a handful of darts at him. Just um, for flavor? Yeah, just for flavor. All these darts come flying out. 13? 13 misses. Okay, and then he'll jump up. He'll do basically the flash kick from Street Fighter. Okay. As his Where, bonus action. It like trails your leg on the way up. Is that what that'd be? Yeah. He jumps upside down and kicks it and lands on his feet. But Oh, okay. Oh, hey, gain three more hit points. Oh, yeah. It's really minor. It, it looks like it's the beginning of your turn is when you gain it. I got a 14 total. 14 hits. I think I cheated a little bit, but that's okay. Five points of melee well, damage. Until you're dead. All right. Comes up. Kicks, flips over, lands back on his feet. It is the beast's turn. It's going to stick its tail at you. Ooh, and it misses. Again, bam, hole in the ground next to you. And then it's going to drop down in front of you because it wants to be able to make its other attacks. It's getting in range. And wow. Claw comes out, swings at you and misses. The other claw comes in and it is going to hit... And balls. it does nine points of slashing damage. Chinmoku. I'm down. I just wanted to see how this works. Oh! Whoosh, knocks him down. You can't tell how he feels about it because he's wearing a mask. And <laughs> it is now Chesh's turn. 
Hmm. <laughs> Big beast in front of you, and then Chinmaku's on the ground I, in front of I you. I can't have two concentration spells up at a time, can I? Correct. Well, that's inconvenient. Hmm. <laughs> okay, he's going to start singing about how Chinmoku needs to stand back up and fight, and I will cast Healing Word on him. Chinmoku regains six hit points. Nice. Oh, nice. Chess, is that your turn? That is my turn, yes. Trujan. All right, uh, I'm going to go ahead and run up to the uh, beast again and take another swing at him. Okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm assuming a seven is a miss. I just want you to say number of potato like you think you hit. It's last return. Yeah. There's a big beast yeah. standing in front of you now. I'm continuing to battle it. AC seventeen. That'll hit. For a whopping four points of damage, and then my fantastic offhand. Here we go. <laughs> there we go. This is where the damage is. AC 13. That misses. Yep. Okay. 14. Nope. 14, guys. 14. <laughs> John, did you gain three hit points at the beginning of your... I did. I did. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. And I liked it. I can't do a lot, but I can regain hit points. <laughs> <laughs> it's the robed guy's turn. A weapon appears in the air above you guys. It looks like a serpentine sword. It's going to take a swing. It, so, like, it waves uh, back and forth? It's a spiritual weapon, right? Like, it appears above you guys, a wavy blade. It's going to take a swing, actually, at Isla. That misses. So this big blade kind of comes up, floating above you guys in front of this beast. It is now Shinmaku's turn. Well, I'm going to stand up, but by that I mean kick, flip, up. Kip, kip up. Gain yep. three hit points. Gain three hit points. Sweet. I like that spell already. Yeah, that's all right. I will punch at the beast. I'm going to say that it misses an eight. And then I yeah, will bonus action attack the beast. 17. No, I like hits. Okay. Five points of damage. And then I'm going to use my uh, last key point to necrotic damage it for an additional two. All right definitely doing some damage to it you know it's fleshy it's not some mystical thing it's a beast of sorts and the blood's kind of coming from its face as you slash at it and beat at it it is now going to attack one of its claws is going to go after chinmaku but then the tail is actually going to go after chesh this time it does hit chesh but the claw misses chinmaku chesh you're going to take six points of piercing damage all right. And then you need to make a con saving throw. All right. I rolled a three. You are blinded at Uh-oh. this point, and Ooh. you take two points of poison damage. All righty. <laughs> All right. Seems light. <laughs> Might have been to... some fib damage rolls there. <laughs> you need to roll for concentration. Oh, okay. How do I do that? Oh, yeah. Beat a 10. At this point, ten. Hey, I rolled a ten. There you go. There, there you go. go. All right. So blinded, poison damage, but didn't let go of his spell. Chesh's turn. Chesh yells out, 
Well, I can't see, but I can still sing, so he's gonna keep singing. <laughs> and he'll sing healing words. I work. can't see! I can't yep. see, but I can sing. I will have so much fun being the most annoying <laughs> bard ever in the future. <laughs> he's going to heal Chin. You're still jacked up, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am messed up. Alright, so you heal seven. Nice. And then he'll start walking backwards because he can't see. But can okay. I make? Can I try to break blind on after the end of my turn? Yeah, make another con check. Okay. I uh, rolled an eight. <laughs> yeah, Con's still not, blind. Con's not good for me. <laughs> Con's uh, not good for me, but I can roll higher than an eight. True, Jen. It's your turn. All right, here we go. I'm gonna finish this guy off. Me and this beast. Not with an eight, but with an eleven. Neither of those things are going to do anything. No, 11 won't do it, yeah. I, I will regain three more temporary hit points. May 11. <laughs> All right. 11. 11. All right. Eslaw, it's your turn. Beast in front of you. All right. And I take a initial swing. 10. Misses. And 11 for my offhand. Oh, good gosh. Start this playing is... around and... <laughs> just swinging swords and his thing's like Rah! just jumping back and forth back to Chinmoku Chinmoku, he would like to officially state that he's punching the beast in the face 14 14 hits Woo. 5 points of damage to I'm going to say I'm going to punch it right in the face breaks its nose blood spews out of each nostril and it does not look happy and it looks like it's pretty beaten up at this point Bonus action! I will okay. kick it. 24 to hit. Yep, that hits. Four points of damage, which is minimum amount. Your foot just goes right into the brow, right between its eyes. It just crush the skull, and it opens its mouth real wide and quivers for a minute, and then drops to the ground, and that big tail lands in its own back and just, just lays there like this slump. Uh, for Flourish, I'd like to point at him and go, you're next. Okay. You couldn't quite see him for a minute too, right? Because the beast had hopped down and then as it drops, you've got this figure in the back and the light's coming in from outside and you can see him standing there. He's got kind of dark skin, you know, which is very normal in these parts. He's got this robe, which is not normal in these parts, having a big heavy robe with the hood pulled up. He's not looking as calm as he had initially. It is Chesh's turn. Chesh is going to sing to himself and heal up a little bit. And he will heal four points of damage. Go ahead and make your con check. Hey, 18. You can suddenly see again. It's a little blurry. Everything's spinning a little bit, but you're kind of back with us. Chewy, is that you? Trujan, it's your turn. There is a robed figure left beyond the heap of this beast. I'm going to vault over the beast and run over to him, take a couple swings at him. Oh my goodness, I need new dice. Does a 17 hit? Yeah. Okay. Four points of damage. Crack. Hit him across the face and he grimaces at the, the impact. Isla's turn. All right. Still dealing with that in front of me, so it's like a swing with AC 10 again and AC 12. 10 and 12, all right. Yeah. Yep. So 
kind of jump, get over the beast, get on your way to this robe figure, take a couple swings, but he's more wiry than you thought he was. The weapon that was back there, that serpentine sword, comes flying your direction, guys. It goes after Trujan. It actually just hits next to you, like kind of hits the wall. He then casts the spell. You've seen something like this before among clerics. Pretty much everybody here has seen a cleric in battle for different reasons. Sacred Flame often looks like a spell in which, you know, a column of light strikes somebody from the skies. This one comes down, looks a lot like that, but it's not really light. It looks more dark, kind of purplish in a sense. A little bit of like a moonlight feel. It strikes Isla. Let me check his DC here. I definitely did not make the save regardless of whatever stat it was. All right, you take four points. Four points of damage. It kind of feels like this searing pain from above just kind of smacks you all over. But everybody's a little bit weirded out by the fact that it looks like a familiar spell, but with very different look to it. It doesn't have that radiant glow. And now it is Chinmaku's turn. So basically, I'm going to pull the crazy Yoda, like small, like bouncing all over the place, and try to flank him. So first iron arm strike would be a 16. Hits. For six points of damage, and I'm gonna bonus attack him. It was a nine. So yeah, first attack hits, and like I just punch him right in the kidney, and then this wild swing on the next attack, and he dodges out of the way. Yeah, he sort of moves a little faster than you think sometimes, and then that goes to Chesh. Chesh is going to charge forward and take a swing at this guy. I rolled a seven <laughs> to hit. Enough of this song <laughs> stuff. <laughs> kind of swing past him and you're right in melee, but no damage at this point. Kujin. All right. I'm going to try and circle around and open up a little more for face for the people behind yeah, you for Esla, and just give him a swing to the head. 22 it- for seven. Second one swings wildly. Yeah, no. (laughs) Eight. All right. First one hits him real good, and then the second one, not quite so much, but you sort of play it off like it's part of your stance. (laughs) And uh, Isla's your turn. You got a nice opening that uh, Trujan put there for you. I'm going to try and take advantage of it this time. You can do it. AC 11. And my offhand, AC 12. Yeah, both of them miss. Lots of swords flying around there. And it's his turn. And he suddenly speaks in Shamran, just like a language everybody knows here. And he says, drop him to Isla. He's commanding you to drop your weapons. So go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. That is a nine. Do you have bardic inspiration? I don't believe so. You used it? No, I had not. You can roll a d6 to add to it if you want. All right, I will. That brings me up to 11. (laughs) That was worth a shot. He only gets you to drop, because I think it's it's supposed to be a one-word thing. So he gets you to drop your longsword, but that trusty short sword's still in your hand. Shinmaku, is your turn? Three hit points. (laughs) Oh, yay! That's still going on. It goes on for a minute, so it's like... So I'm behind the guy, right? Uh, yeah. 
I will action attack and then bonus action attack as well. 11. So that one will miss. And then a 15, excuse me, 18 to hit. Hits. Six points of damage to the kidney for frenzies. <laughs> Crack! Howls out as he gets hit. Chess's turn. Chess yells out, I'm trying, Chen, I'm trying. And he swings his sword. <laughs> 13 to hit. 13 hits. Guess what my damage is? It's a zero. It's a one minus one. <laughs> what? Do I automatically get one? Yes. <laughs> Trujin, this is when you use your power of the wind that we're hearing on the mics. I'm going to take a swing at him. Punch him once for not at one. But my second attack, 21? Yeah. There we go. Another four points. He's looking like he's getting pretty beat up here. He's surrounded at this point. Like, it's not looking good for this guy. Isla, it's your turn. You got one of your swords on the ground, and then your okay. short sword in your offhand. Can I pick up the one on the ground? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do that and try to swing upward as I'm picking it up. And promptly miss. <laughs> and... My offhand, I will hit AC 16. It hits. Trusty offhand for seven points of damage. You pick up the other sword and you take a swing and it's just, you know, the movement is too fast. He kind of gets out of your way. But just as he thinks he's outdone you, that short sword just jabs into his other side, right into his, basically into his sternum. And he sucks in air and you pull the sword back out and he drops to the ground with a thud and everything's quiet that, that's all that takes man <laughs> <laughs> you guys head down the tunnel i think everybody's right or i'm gonna take a healing potion i'm gonna point out that uh our target's right here isn't it uh, i don't yeah, know we don't know what's it's... further down the road it seems like it but Maybe we cut off that tail, bring the tail back for evidence, or... It's head. Or yeah. it's head? Yeah. It's a, we bring back the head, but I think it's also in our interest to maybe at least look a little deeper to see what they were guarding. Yeah, yeah. because it was kill the beast and check out the runes. So you cut the head off? Yeah, yep. just saw it off. Toss it in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> So you head down the tunnel, and before you go very far at all, along the walls, there's all kinds of glowing writing. You get the impression it looks like chalk, like some sort of glowing chalk. And there's all kinds of numbers and and just different things marked everywhere. And when you get into the sort of the main chamber of this temple, you know, this is very old building. It's been there for a long time. They apparently built it into a cavern. There's a calendar on the wall. It's this big circular calendar. And it looks like you could probably spin it around and move different dates with different, you know, years or days of the week or something like that. And it's all sort of a big, you know, it looks, it's like beautiful mind moment where like what is happening here because they've just written all over everything. There is one date specifically on the calendar that's circled and everybody kind of looks at it and they kind of have an idea what it means because of where you are. But Chesh, when you look at it, yep, because you don't know, this is not the same calendar exactly, like things are a little different here. Okay. 
but you do have that book that will do some translations for you. Okay. And yeah, so you flip through, do a little bit of math, and it says Medesta 6. Thank you for listening to this episode of D4 on the Floor. Please check out our website at d4onthefloor.com. That's the letter D, the number four, onthefloor.com, for more great gaming content. Trojan, you got a 12. Yeah. Trojan. I'll start saying it right just about the time we're done. Really. <laughs> we just need one good take, and then we'll just we'll edit it all together. We'll just, keep, just keep saying <laughs> Trojan, Trojan. Trojan. This is exactly the same way every time. So how do you say your name again? Is it? True, Jen. I got to roll for the new bad guys here. Roll bad, roll bad. They're bad guys, roll bad. Real bad. Bad with the bad. Oh my gosh. Please tell me they all rolled ones. That'd be great. One of them might as well have. Single digits. Welcome to my world. <laughs> Lance being racked is... That kind sucks. Of yeah, it's pretty demoralizing. It's uh, pretty scary crap. So, Lance, I actually hope you hear that part. We love you, Lance.